Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Okay, Adam, I got a good one for you. All this right. Is, this is Satellite Rain for the PC. It is the spiritual successor to a 90s bullfrog game called Syndicate. It was made by Five Lives Studio because it's like five dudes in Australia. It was released in 2015 on Steam. I'm not sure if it's available on GOG, but it is certainly still available on Steam. You know, pick it up on sale or what have you. This is a cyberpunk game, so if you really want to play Cyberpunk 2077, but you don't like the zillion bugs or maybe your system can't run it, pick this one up. It's got the same idea. Think of it like a Diablo-esque type game where you're sort of looking down on the environment. In this case, like a futuristic cyberpunk Blade Runner city where it's always raining, it's always night, everything's in neon. And you sort of move your four, what would you call them, corporate hitmen? Uh, espionage agents. They're, you know, cyborgs, whatever. Yeah, they're all of those <laughs> things. You oh, sort of yeah. move them around the city, rob this, blow up that, kill that, kidnap this person. You know, the normal stuff you do in a city. Mm-hmm. And you deal with hacking computers, hacking people, because everyone's got cybernetic implants. You hijack things. Eventually, you'll come up against automated turrets. And the scary thing is later, you'll come across... Uh, these massive four-legged robots, which are pretty terrifying to beat, they're later in the game than I think you got. Uh, oh yeah, it's, definitely. <laughs> it's all open world. Like the game is divided into four districts, and you have to work your way from one district to another. But within that district, you can go wherever you want. I mean, you might get shot. In fact, you probably get shot. But you can go where you want. You can do the long list of missions in any order you want. Though, mm-hmm. you know, if there's like four missions in the same location you might as well try and get several of them done because right. fighting your way in and out is difficult that is that is to say the least it is a yeah. challenge to have a gunfight in this game yeah it's brutal like if i mean you can do it i mean i i was never one for the stealthy side in this game though you can sneak places and oh, there's yeah. a few places where i've snuck in and out but i found that once i equip my guys a certain way because i play i've completed this game like half a dozen times once i've sort of equipped my guys the way i like and they're armed well enough, I have a tendency to just send them in as this four-man Cuisinart, you know, <laughs> that just sort of shreds everything in front of them. You get two guys with plasma weapons that are, you know, that eat through armor, but they aren't great against shields. And you get two guys with lasers that eat up shields, but aren't great against armor. So you get two and two, right. and you can just shred everything in your path. Okay. But like you say having a gunfight is challenging because there's always way more of them whoever them is than there are you and the problem is your guys won't shoot until you tell them to yeah which is which is annoying they could be taking fire and they'll stand there until you order them to shoot which is an annoying little like you think there'd be a setting for like auto return fire but there isn't so if you're not paying attention you spend a lot of time reviving your characters Mm -hmm. which is a bummer but (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, for the hour for this game, 
one day I sat down and played eight hours. I must have put 12 hours into this one hour game because I just love it. Like yeah. I actually came to the point where I uninstalled it or I wasn't going to get to the other three games that we decided <laughs> to do for this batch. But I adore this game. So what did you think of it? I like this game a lot. I liked it totally from the outset. You, mm-hmm. you get within the first three minutes of this game, you get an expectation set and subverted. So the very first thing you get when you load into this game is this explanation of uh, Draco Draco Corp. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And they explain like, oh, they're this massive corporation. They've taken over this revitalization technology. So everybody's immortal and they're trading it for political power. Oh, they've actually privatized the banks and the police force. And this, this company now owns everything which initially sets the tone of, oh, you're going to be like a freedom fighter trying to free the world from the clutches of this other corporation. No, you're not. You're just another corporation trying to get a piece of the pie. Yeah, exactly. And I like that. I like games that give you the freedom to be a bastard. Oh, you're the bad guy here. Totally. Yeah, you really but it was are. the same in the original Syndicate. You started in England as, well, a syndicate. That's mm-hmm. another name for a mafia, by the way. Mm-hmm. And you'd set up these four guys and the whole idea is you would go from zone to zone in the world not to free them from the shackles of corporate dictatorship which is sort of standard for a cyberpunk setting you know that corporations are more powerful than governments i mean even in the that awesome role-playing game shadow runs the same thing right corporations are as or more powerful than governments Mm -hmm. no no here you're not trying to be a freedom fighter oh no you're just the next corporation in line you're just like you say trying to get your piece of the pie and eat the other guys but yeah it's it's cool like you're the bad guy there's no getting around that like you can kill civilians and yep. nobody cares though i mean there's no reason to kill civilians they they just tend to be collateral damage when you blow things up yeah not that that happens you know very often depending on your play style <laughs> fair and fiddle with I your li- mustache i like the grenades i really like the grenades well you get two guys <laughs> two or three grenades will blow open one of the security doors oh okay. which is great when you're trying to escape from a facility where you don't have to stop to hack the door because there's no, no door. Yeah. It's, it's a, makes for a much easier exit when you've already made a hole. Yeah. <laughs> and if a few civilians get caught in the way, well, they shouldn't have been there to begin with. Exactly. Um, you know, they should have been walking the street, minding their own business. Bastard. It is kind of funny because of course the game has emergent gameplay. So especially when you get into the, uh, the later stages of the game, you'll have the cops moving around and then you'll have private security for various I- entities and they don't always get along. So sometimes you walk into the middle of a gunfight that has nothing to do with you, except that they all have one thing in common. They really don't want you around. So you'll have this like four-way gunfight going and you'll have cars exploding. And when it's all over, there'll be just be bodies everywhere. <laughs> just absolute carnage. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. You don't quite get the clown car horror of the original Syndicate. Mm-hmm. In the original Syndicate, you could hop in the cars. But you also had access to this thing called the Persuadatron. When you turned it on and you passed near civilians, it would persuade them to your cause. Okay. And when there was a gun on the ground, they'd pick it up. So the idea is you could get the Persuadatron and you could upgrade your characters to the point where you had an army of 100. All, and, and as you killed cops, they would take their guns. And mm-hmm. so getting into some place was easy because there was like a hundred of you. But then yeah. you'd get into a car and we're talking a small car designed for four people. But the game code was such that you would put all hundred people in the car. Okay. And the problem <laughs> is, is if you open fire from within the car, it would explode in, into flames. And so there'd be like a hundred burning civilians running around the street screaming. <laughs> 
it was an absolute horror. They didn't do that in this game. You can't take control of the cars. You can't persuade. Well, you can persuade civilians, actually. Of course, that's a tactic, right? In this game, you can hijack a cop and use him as cannon fodder. Right. Like once your guy is like fully upgraded in terms of his hijack ability, you can grab like six guys. So you grab like six cops. And of course, you know, by all means, let them go first. Right. So, hey, learn that in the army. Teamwork is essential. It gives the enemy someone else to shoot at. But for some of these tougher missions, you just, I'm not going to shoot that cop. I'm going to hijack him and send him forth and let the turret shoot at him for a while. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but of course, you can also use them because you can swap them out. Like, you can you can swap out the body you're using for one of your guys with a better body. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that I, I did really like. And I found, uh, for me, it was, it was part of the emergent gameplay. I just mm -hmm. got my one solid hour in on this and decided to stop because I'm... I'll get to it at the end, but I will probably continue playing this game. Yeah. Uh, there was an in, uh, a place that I had to infiltrate that I had uh, stolen a prototype gun from, and as we were making our way out, it was this massive firefight. I had the, the hacker open the door, but as we're leaving, I the hacker just wasn't able to make it from the console to the door in time. So yeah. he just turns around and starts gunning down everybody behind us as the other three run out. Well, yeah. sure, he's dead, but then you just revive him at another station using another yep. body and it's fine the guy with the prototype got out and you've got a brand new hacker just a little bit further away yeah you know the neat thing is is that there are relays in this game that are essentially fast travel points you just have to click on them you access them they're yours it's actually they are part of a really neat system in this game which is that there's always more than one way to do anything so for instance you start in the downtown zone and there are other zones and there's a whole rigmarole of missions you can undergo to get a pass to walk through or you can shoot your way through which by the way is not easy <laughs> it's just a matter of you know shooting your way through the border crossing hacking two consoles and walking through the border control door then you're in a new zone go activate the first relay and now you can just fast jump there you right. never have to cross that border again because what I discovered, one of the, the best tricks in this game is when you enter a zone, the first thing you do before you do anything else is you activate all the relays. Because the cops will leave you alone as long as you don't pull your gun out. Right. And then go rob the bank. See, every zone has a bank. And from there, it'll give you a ping to every ATM. Go hack them all. You'll start to make money, which you can then pay for research. Because as you steal prototypes, that's what a lot of these missions are, steal a prototype for this or that. You don't have to. If you're patient, you could gather up twenty-three thousand dollars and buy that prototype, and then right. and, and instead of and instead of hijacking it, you'd still have to then spend time and money to research it. But if there's a mission, and you've paid the bribes to see what that mission will get you, and if you because it'll tell you, you know, go here and and there's stuff waiting for you. But to find out what that stuff is, you usually have to pay three hundred bucks here and then another four hundred bucks there, and it'll tell you, oh well, it's a plasma rifle. Yeah, you want that but maybe you just can't get to it. Maybe you've tried that mission five different ways and it's very frustrating. So instead you realize you got all this money. So you go to the black market dealer, which is just in a menu. You don't have to go anywhere. It's just a menu. You can go and just buy the damn thing and they make sure it's expensive, like tens of thousands of dollars. But maybe that's worth your time to just be patient. Right. And buy it. And so, you know, there's always a different way you can sneak into places or shoot your way in or blow your way in or whatever. There's always, two, you know, just same with the border. You can you can run the missions or for each step of the mission, you can just pay an exorbitant fee to get what you want. 
to get that pass. Or you could shoot your way through, and then once you're on the other side, activate a relay, and then you don't need to worry about the border control. It all depends how you want to go about it. And that's what's so exciting about this game is that five guys created a living city, and it does look like it's alive. Absolutely. With traffic and cop patrols and conflicts between this and that, how you approach any given mission is up to you. So if you decide you want to be super ninja about it, you can do that. No problem. If you decide you want to be Arnie times four and just literally blow open the gate and kill everything in your path, which is actually how I like to play, you can do that. <laughs> uh, you can totally do that. But you can get things to like sneak into vents and sneak into, you know, and cloak yourself and this and that. And, you know, there's the guy who you can give him a sniper rifle and a katana so he can sneak up and like kill people. Like there's all these different ways you can do it. And considering like this is not a AAA game. This no. is five guys who made this game. And I think they're in Brisbane, Australia, somewhere in Australia. Anyway, they created this immense open world. And my only disappointment is they didn't make Satellite Rain 2 mm -hmm. because I'd buy that sight unseen yeah yeah absolutely uh, it's they've done such a good job with relatively minimal resource input mm -hmm. to create a world that feels genuine yes. you can tell that this was a passion project this was something oh, yeah. that these guys were deeply in love with i i would imagine that had they completely bombed on sales of this they would have been just as happy for having made it yeah, um, probably. I mean, this game I know had some trouble because it wasn't very, it was a little bit buggy. And then mm -hmm. they they fixed all the bugs and oh, by the way, added four player co op. Yeah. Like that's, that's, I, I'm impressed they managed that because net code like that is not easy. No. So theoret theoretically, you and I and two other people could play this game, which I think would be an absolute shit show. Oh, 100%. But it, was pro it would probably be fun as hell. You know, screaming, come over here, come over here. No, no, this way, this way. No, what are you doing? It would be an absolute shit show, but it'd probably be a lot of fun. And this game, to be clear, you got to have a little bit of a hefty system to run it because it's not very well optimized. Mm -hmm. But drop down the res, the resolution, drop down the detail, and just soak this game in. It rocks. Like, that's the worst thing I can say about it. It's not especially well optimized. Yeah. The game is usually like 20 bucks on Steam, but every damn sale, they drop it to half price. <laughs> The music is cool. It's all cyberpunk music. Yeah. The game, it just looks cool. And there's all sorts of cool Easter eggs in there. There's all sorts of references to Blade Runner. In the, you know, like you, you'll go past a building and go, no. It's the Tyrell <laughs> Corporation, really? And if, if you're not paying attention and you don't know Blade Runner, you won't get it. But if you've seen the movie Blade Runner, you're gonna go, oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's just there, massive neon signs. The game is gorgeous just to look at. It is. You it know. really is. If you just enjoy that vaporwave cyberpunk aesthetic. Yes, yes. yes. Just this just is play an it for 80s the cyberpunk game. Yes. This is an 80s cyberpunk game. I love it. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're going to you're going to go back and play more of this. Yeah, I, I definitely am. This is going to be something um, I'll it's, it's not something I'm going to go and probably sit down and invest that same eight hours into that you can. Yeah. But I'll keep it on my machine. I'll play through it. I'm going to enjoy it. It's probably going to take me a good long while to go through because yeah. I'm enjoying just walking through the game and experiencing it and finding all the little things along the way and really, really soaking it in and just kind of 
immersing myself in this experience. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna complete this game 20 more times. I'm sure. Like I said, when I get a new, <laughs> oh yeah, when I get a new rig, this is like the first game that's going on there. I'm gonna push the res way up and the detail way up, and just stare in awe at this magnificent game. Like it's hard I... to believe it could look better because right now it's got a little bit of an 80s look to it. It's a little pixelated for me, right. but if you look at like a high res playthrough of this game, it's stunning. Yes. And I can't recommend this game enough. Yeah, I can so. I can tell you from somebody who has run this game on all the settings maxed out, Ooh. it is beautiful. Yeah, when you hear that when you hear your window break in the middle of the night tonight, <laughs> pay, pay no attention to the guy in black. Uh, he's just coming for your your rig, so don't worry about that. Uh, all right, and so there we go. Go. All right, Farron, I got something for you here real quick. What would you say to fleeing a bunch of terrifying rebels flying across the galaxy to get back to your Federation and informing them that there is a massive warship on the way? I don't really want to watch Battlestar Galactica. Okay, it, well, then I've got a great compromise. Let's oh, okay. play FTL instead. Okay, let's do that instead. All right, you got it. <laughs> So first game that we're that I'm talking about today is FTL. So this was developed and published by Subset Games back in 2012. Uh, it was initially pushed out on Windows, Mac, and Linux, and eventually got an iOS release as well uh, for uh, tablets. And this game is a blast to play on a tablet. Uh, it's a fantastic dev company as well. Actually, they released their advanced edition as a free upgrade uh, as a free upgrade for anybody who already had the game back in 2014. Uh, a couple of years later, it expanded new races, new ships, new weapons, new planets, new missions, new everything. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, so far, the game just on Steam, I couldn't find numbers for anywhere else, but it sold uh, 1.6 million copies oh, wow. there. Yeah, this is like this is a game that you can pick up for twelve, fourteen dollars. I think usually uh, on sale. I'm sure it drops even lower than that. But it is this wonderful little indie game that has um, this great atmosphere to it. So as soon as you log in, the music just hits you with this like sort of lilting chip tune music that's very aesthetic of drifting through space. You get to select the ship that you want. You customize your crew. Uh, at the very beginning, you've just sort of got the base human cruiser. And your mission is you have received, or you have stolen intelligence from the rebellious faction of the galaxy, and you need to fly back across star systems to get back to the Federation and let them know what's coming, this massive flagship. It's, uh, it, it's sort of this modern pioneer of modern roguelikes where everything is is sort of regarded amongst like that and spelunky and um uh rogue legacy as sort of re redeveloping that genre everything is different every single run you can't do everything on one run of the game there will be a lot of things that you encounter a, a ship that's trapped in a rock and the only way that you can get it out is by uh trying to uh bring down its shields so you you 
if you've got ion weapons, that's easy. You can easily take down the shields and the ship can slip free. But if you don't, then you need to run the risk of, well, I can I can bring it down with my normal weapons, but I might accidentally blow up the ship. Um, the whole thing is just this, this insane wild ride of you needing to make decisions. And there's a very good chance that you're going to wind up blowing up your ship because of it. Uh, oh, that I learned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time reloading this game. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is definitely unforgiving the first few times that you play through. There's there's little quirks that you learn. The combat is very, very stylized. Uh, mm -hmm. When you when you're in combat, you've got a top down view of your ship with every crew member represented as a little icon and they're at their stations and you've got um, uh, engines and weapons and helm control and security and uh, you're looking at a cutaway version of your own via of your own starship yeah yeah exactly and then you've got depending on your security level you might be able to see the cutaway version of the interior of the other ship or you may just see the exterior of it mm -hmm. and, and now it's it's your task to target the other ship with your weapons and manage your shields and and kill them before they manage to kill you that's weird um, it's it's uh, yeah it's it's um there's a bunch of other games like it. Uh, there's a game out, which I really want to buy, which I keep saying, no, no, I'm going to wait, called Space Haven, which is just like a prettier version thereof. Yes. Um, I, I keep, you know, and it, it's funny, as a, when I was in high school, this game would have hit every sweet spot. Um, I would have gone nuts for this game. It seems like exactly up my alley. It, it's, it's kind of, it's almost in its own way as granular as rules of engagement which we talked about in a previous episode but i didn't like this game at all really i i i really wanted to i it's one of these games everyone talked about it i remember them listening to them talk about it on my very favorite podcast the skeptics guide to the universe and rebecca was talking about how she loved this game and all the guys loved it and i thought i'm gonna pick this up and i just never quite got around to it mm -hmm. and so i fired it up for us and first off, I made the mistake of trying to play it without the tutorial. Actually, mostly I didn't see the tutorial option on the menu. So I went in and played and go, what the frick am I doing here? And that, and that, you know, that didn't last long. Then I went and played the tutorial. And I'm not sure why, but I found it such an unpleasant experience. And I recognize I'm the only one on earth who thinks that because this game is just stupid popular. Everyone I know loves this game. Uh, it'll run on on a cheese grater because it's got like simple hand-drawn graphics it's it's good looking it i don't like the music but i turned that off um but i i you know it looks cool the gameplay seems neat but for some reason i just i bounced right off this game really i don't, I, I don't know why i thought i was pitching you a, a slow one right over the plate with this yeah no and and when i heard it, i thought well this is my chance to play this and and i'm looking forward to getting into it yeah but i found that it didn't make sense and they don't really explain things and i just there are other games like it like the, the whole roguelike thing where yeah you're gonna die a lot but everything you learned in your previous life you get to bring on with you um hand of fate which we will probably have to talk about hand of fate one and two because i think sure. i got you i think i got you into that game yeah um and uh crying sons which is sort of like this i really dig that and again space haven i really want to try uh, which is, I think, even a, like a, a prettier, more detailed version of this one, because you have to build the ship too. Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, I just, like I said, I just, I played this, and I hated every minute of it. Wow. Uh, like to the point where 
uh, 45 minutes in, I thought, okay, you know what? Screw it. And I just walked away. Like I was, it was frustrating and I don't get it because this game touches all my gamer nerd erogenous zones. And yet <laughs> I bounced right off of it. Yeah. Don't picture that. I'm um, not going to, <laughs> but it, it, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's, maybe it's the aesthetic. Maybe because to me, look is important. Like I don't have, right. I don't, not everything has to be the awesomest and highest detailed. Um, you know, I, we, we talked about satellite rain in another segment. Uh, and I had that playing at minimum. I played Assassin's Creed origins, my very favorite Assassin's Creed game. I played it low res and minimal detail. It was still gorgeous, but nothing compared to what people were playing it with decent systems. Same with Assassin's Creed Odyssey or even syndicate at that point, I was playing them on, on lower end settings. So I'm not a snob, but the look has to appeal to me. And for whatever reason, this one just did not. And you... maybe that's part of it. Maybe if the music was so darn annoying, I don't know what it was, but I just kept bouncing off this despite like telling myself, you got to like this fair, like it, like it, like it. Mm -hmm. No, no. Like I just, I don't know, man. I don't know why. Is it maybe the pixelation that you're not a fan of? Cause no, it's I the love same... it. Okay. I mean, like I said, I just, you know, I just sent you a, a key for Crying Sons, and that's as pixelated as, as they come. Of course, that's such a badass-looking game. Huh. And maybe that's, maybe this one is just sort of, I look like, it looks like some junior high kid drew a starship. Maybe that's my issue. That's, that's fair. Um, I mean, the, the starships get a little bit more interesting as you unlock other ones, but the, the base cruiser, um... Well, I don't, it's not, it's not just about that. It just it looks like it was drawn by some kid with a ruler and pencil crowns. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I, that's, I get that. Maybe that's, but it's also the gameplay. Like, what the hell does this do? And I don't understand. Like, you know, not, things don't make sense. And mm -hmm. I get it. There's a tutorial, but it's not a great tutorial. No. Um, Crying Sons plays much the same. In fact, a lot of the mechanics are identical. <laughs> and yet I love that game and didn't like this one. I don't understand. It's it's got to be the art style and the music that just turned me off. Despite the fact that I recognize they're perfectly fine. I just don't huh. like them. I, I just it's weird. It's sort of like the Mona Lisa. I recognize mm. it's a quality painting, but I don't think it's that impressive looking. I don't care. I recognize it for its skill. It's hard not to. But I wouldn't put this thing up in my house like a copy that's, obviously, but that's fair. Know, um, like I used to say, uh, just because I recognize that the, the Mona Lisa is great art doesn't mean I have to like it. And I kind of come to that conclusion with FTL, just because I recognize this is a high quality, well-designed, uh, intelligently designed game, doesn't mean I have to like it. And I just don't. And that's fair. Um, like there's, there's good games that we can look at and say, this is an objectively good game. It just doesn't work but. for me. That, yeah, that doesn't exactly. that doesn't make it any less of the game or less of the person looking at it. Yeah. It's just some things don't click, and that's fine. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, at some point, you know, we've decided that every fifth episode we're going to do, like, a big discussion, and one of the big discussion questions we'll do is, what makes a game good? What qualities? And, mm -hmm. and it was actually this game that got me thinking about that because I thought, I don't like the art style. It doesn't matter whether the art style is well-made. If it doesn't appeal to me aesthetically, I don't care how well made it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like the difference between you've seen the sculpt, that, that painting of uh, fresco of Jesus, and then uh, the, the Spanish lady redid it. Now it's called Potato Jesus. Yes, yes. Like, I loved the Jesus painting, but Potato Jesus still depicts Jesus, but I don't care anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the Potato Jesus guy. 
Um, That's fair. And see, I'm more on the side of potato juice. Now we have a motto for the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Fairness, not the potato Jesus guy. Um, But just for whatever reason, and I don't mind simplistic graphics. Like, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about this new game by Ubisoft, Immortal Phoenix Rising. That's a very cartoony game. I love it. I love the look of it. I enjoy the look of Breath of the Wild. And I don't mind cartoony. But for some reason, this aesthetic just turns me right off. Huh. Well, that's... Yeah, that's crazy. I'm a I, I really thought this was going to be a home run. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, you know, that's I think what's going to make this podcast interesting is that we're discovering truly what makes a good game mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, and maybe this will stop me from buying every goddamn game that comes down the pike that seems even <laughs> relative. Ooh, I want that, but I don't remember. No, I tried a game just like this and I didn't like it. Yeah, uh, you know, so maybe I won't buy Space Haven. Um, well, don't worry. I'll I'll buy Space Haven and I'll see what I think of it first. Well, there you go. Well, I don't know, man. You recommended FTL to me, and that didn't go far. That's uh, that's fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, this game is is very very straightforward mm-hmm. in its uh, its design. The the depth of this game, a lot of it comes from the mechanics and the interesting things that you can do once you sort of master the control of the ship. Mm-hmm. It's things like I I can see that this other ship has a teleporter. I know I'm going to get boarded, so I'm going to send my guy from engineering he's going to go and he's going to go to the security room so he can increase the door strength by a level and then i'm going to uh open the airlocks and i'm going to take all the oxygen out of the areas that i'm getting invaded in so that i don't have to deal with that i might take more hits to my shields but i don't have to worry about my crew getting killed by boarding parties it's it's that weird little detail that makes this game outstanding to it sounds so cool in theory. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? I have this little Fantasy Flight used to make these tiny little board games in these tiny boxes. Okay. They were meant to be sort of like quick. You could play it in an hour game. And so I have one called Red November. Obviously, it's a take on the, the, Red the submarine October. Red October. It's about this dwarven submarine called the Red November, which is sinking. And so each player plays a dwarf. And you have to run around fixing this um, this submarine before it, it, it goes under. Uh, and there's ways like you can protect yourself from radiation by drinking beer, visit their dwarves, uh, things like that. And it's like this where you say, okay, you know, you need, I mean, obviously it's cooperative. This is single player where it's like, okay, I need to send him to the engine room. Okay. He needs to go to the pump room. No, no. He needs to go to the weapons room. You know, all oh, the Kraken is on us. Okay. You get someone to the, to the, uh, to the security station so you can activate the, you know, the electrical skin. And, you know, it's, it's all about, you have not enough people to fix repairs. And, I, and there's actually another game like this called Barrow Trauma. Same oh, sort yes, of idea, yes. which I own. <laughs> uh, you know, again, another game that's just like FTL. And yet, I, I don't get it, man. Um, but yeah, if if the idea of this game, of sending people all over a ship to, to repair it and, and, and fight, if, it, if the concept interests you, buy this game and ignore me. You know? Yeah. I, I think that this is uh, for the cost. I think that this game is excellent. I think that it's oh, worth yeah. worth even if you only sink an hour or two into it. I, I I keep this game around not all the time. It's it's a ten minute download if you've got slow internet. It's just something that you can grab if you're bored. And I I still highly recommend this game. And totally. coming to think of it, I think that there's another similar game that I'll have to hit you with in the future. Um, called space force and maybe that one's going to 
it's it's from the same or space crew it's from the same guys who did bomber crew oh yeah yeah it's funny i got bomber crew too because one of the it's in my you know my library of shame which is you know yeah. the library of steam games everyone owns that they never played yeah um and of course, and I, mine I, is, yeah, but i think that you might maybe click more with that so maybe we'll give that one a try in the future once we've we've gotten enough of the the space roguelike for a little bit sure okay all um, right all right so there it is there it is